I'm just kidding. Um, we're not going to talk for three and a half hours, but there's my talk right there. We are going to be talking this weekend about friendship. Uh, and, and actually, if you do have your Bibles, uh, if not, look out with a friend, but I'm also going to read it out loud. We're going to actually read one verse. It's really not even a whole verse, it's like three quarters of a verse. Um, but there, this verse tells us so much about ourselves and God that we're going to spend a little bit of our time just meditating on these words tonight. But those words are going to be in Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse, uh, verse 18. I'm going to pull up my own Bible right now. My phone Bible, my Bible. Yeah, so we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 2, 18. And this is the verse that says so much about who we are and how God made us. So let me just read these words to you, and then I'm going to pray for us. And we'll talk about what we're going to talk about. So God has just made, he's just made man. Adam was the first man. Like God's in the midst of making everything. He's made the world, he's made the animals, he's made space, he's made everything. And then he makes man. And man is special because God makes, unlike any other thing that God has made, God makes man in his image to be like him. But there's one thing that's different about God making man. He, every time he's made something, he looks at it and he says, this is good. He makes the stars. This is good. He makes the animals. This is good. He makes the water. This is good. And then he makes man, and he says, he has this to say when he makes man. Verse 18. And then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. All right, that's it. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, as we come to look at your word tonight and this weekend, would you speak to us? Would you fill our hearts with hope and with joy? God, whether we come this weekend or night tonight just like pumped and ready to learn, would you meet us there? Whether we like don't really know what we believe or are just caring a lot and we just kind of barely made it through the door. God, wherever you are, we ask that you would meet us and that we would feel your presence through your word. In your name we pray. Amen. My phone keeps turning off, so I'm not going to keep hitting that. Does anyone have an iPhone? Is there any, any iPhone people in the room? Woo. I just switched back to an iPhone like a month ago. I was on a, a, an Android for a long time. Any Android folks in the room? So there was something I didn't like about iPhones, but it also ended up being true about Androids, and now that I'm back to iPhones, I'm, I'm dealing with this thing again. There's lots of apps on an iPhone, uh, and you can add really cool apps. I got my Instagram. Um, I have Evernote, which is like a boring adult note-taking app that I use all day. But... Uh, Apple apps, I and mean, iPhones, really all phones, have apps that are like preloaded onto them that you can't delete. They're like hardwired into the system. So if you have an iPhone, you can like hold down an icon, if you hold it long enough, it starts to go. And then you can press the little X and it disappears. If you don't have an iPhone, I'm sorry that I just danced in front of you. But there are plenty of apps that you can just delete off your phone, but phone makers, especially iPhones, they have apps that you can't delete. They're hardwired into the system. If you hold your finger on it and it starts dancing, a little X is not going to appear. You can't get rid of that. It is a part of the system. I bring that up to say, a need for friendship is hardwired into us. Part of our system, part of the hardware of what makes us people uh, is that we need others. We need friends. That's both um, very hard for some of us to hear because, let's be honest, sometimes making friends is really hard. 
Sometimes meeting and keeping friends is difficult. Uh, and also, if you're like me, being a good friend is a hard thing. And so friendship can kind of be a scary issue for some of us. But I also want to say this, that like needing a friend, needing somebody else in your life to know you and to hang out with you and to do life with you, like that's not something wrong with you. A need for friends is actually one of the best things about you. When God made man, the first thing he says is, it is not good that man should be alone. What would be good is man had relationships with others. So that's what we're going to be looking at this whole weekend. What is friendship? Why are we designed to have it? What makes it so good? Uh, and tonight, I actually want to start out with a bad news. Like, what makes friendship so hard? So, uh, if you if you like, if you're an outliner, there's two things I'm going to look at tonight. One, what is friendship really? Like, when the Bible talks about friendship, and when I'm going to use the word friendship, and often I'm going to use it this way, true friendship, a gazillion times this weekend. What do I mean by friendship? And what is true friendship? So, what is friendship? And the second thing is, why is friendship so hard? What is friendship? And what makes it hard? Is that cool? So, what is friendship? Um, friendship for me has typically been people that I play video games with or watch The Office with. That's my favorite TV show. Uh, friendship is people who I, I used to work in a restaurant and I was a, like, I, yeah. I, I mean, I did everything. I, has anyone ever been to Moe's? Moe's Selfless Grill? I was one of those welcome to Moe's people in high school. I did a lot of dishes. Friendship was the guy that I did dishes next to. Uh, friendship can be a lot of things for us. In fact, there's this really cool, uh, awesome, like ancient church father named St. Allred. Everybody read a bunch of St. Allred? You know, I'm just kidding. I actually just learned about him as I was researching this. I think Eric turned me on to him. Right? Somebody, I was talking to somebody on friendship, and they said, you should read St. Allred. And Allred says there's basically three types of friendship. There's what we call uh, uh, carnal friendship, which just means like, this is a friend you make, and you make them because you like have fun together. You enjoy things. Like you both love pizza, and you, and you kind of get together over how much you love pizza. That's a carnal friendship. It's a pretty cool thing. And then there's worldly friendship, and this is a little bit deeper. This is a friend you make because uh, you're working on the same thing together. You got put on a, on a biology class group project together, and you end up spending a lot of time working on it, and you kind of become friends because you're working together. That's a worldly friendship. But then he talks about a third type of friendship, and this is what we're going to talk about this weekend. He calls it spiritual friendship. <laughs> Another phrase we can use is true friendship. That's the phrase I'm going to use, but we can also call it spiritual friendship. And he, he said this is a deeper level. This isn't just someone you have fun with, but you probably have fun with them. This isn't someone you, you like have a shared job with, but you probably work shoulder to shoulder with them. But this is somebody whose soul is knit to yours. Because in that relationship you were drawn closer and closer to your friend Jesus. And there's something about a very special type of friendship, a friendship where it's more than just pleasure and more than just hanging out, but we're actually really deeply knowing each other and going through life together. And we were actually made for that sort of relationship. And that's what we call true friendship. See, God made us, um, he made us in his image. 
We learn a lot of things about God in the Bible. He's powerful, he's omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. Uh, but God's also, have you ever heard the word Trinity? God's a Trinity. He's one God, but he's three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you have questions about how that all works out, what makes a Trinity, talk to Eric. Uh, but it's true, and it's really cool. But God existing in Trinity tells us something that, you know what's essential to God's nature? Is that God is always in relationship. And so when he made image bearers, people, that, like something in his image, at first when he made them, they weren't in relationship, and that was not good. He made us to be in relationships with each other, deep, intimate friendships. And your need for those friendships is maybe the best thing about you. We're going to kind of start to lean towards why friendship is hard when I say this, but um, if you're like me, some of you may be like me, I have sometimes wrestled with loneliness. Has anyone ever felt lonely before? Uh, yeah, like you can put your hands up if you want, but so many of us feel lonely. And sometimes when I feel lonely, I feel powerless to have other close relationships. And I sort of feel guilty for being alone. You know, I feel guilty for being alone. I'm like, man, if I, if I were like better, if I were holier, if I were tougher, I wouldn't need other people. I wouldn't need friends. I wouldn't need relationships. Like, eventually I could be, I could do everything myself. Uh, I, I had this image of myself. Uh, if you, sometimes you might hear this word in church a lot. It's a beautiful word. Sanctification. It means growing more and more like God. Sometimes I have this idea that, like, sanctification for me, or sanctification for us, looks like we grow more and more independent. Like a ship at sea that has everything it needs contained right inside of it. And it sits alone on the water. And I feel like, you know, if, if I just got more sanctified, if I was more holy, if I were stronger, if I were better, I would be more independent and need people less. But Genesis 2 is actually telling us that's not the way we were designed. The more we grow, the more sanctified we become. As we grow up, we don't actually need people less. We should actually grow to see that we need people more and more. If you ever have that feeling where you're just like, oh man, I feel so lonely, and I need a friend. That's not a sign that something isn't working in you or something is broken. That's a similar sign to like if you're driving a car and you suddenly see that uh, the low gas light comes on. That means it's working fine and it needs something, right? You are made for relationships, and that is a good, good thing. And this weekend, I want to talk about what true friendship can really look like, what, what the Bible shows us true friendship is like. But let's talk on why it's hard first. Friendship is not easy. We're made for it, right? And, and you want to say, like, oh, gosh, okay. And, uh, sure, George, I'm just going to go out and make 25 friends this whole weekend, and everybody's going to love me. Friendship is hard, right? Here's why. I'm just going to read you some words from Genesis 3. So God makes man... And uh, it's not good that he's alone, so he makes, he, he makes a woman, and they are really good friends, and they get married, and they're doing life together. But God had made this rule for them that, you know, hey, you can't go eat of this tree. But they eat of the tree and rebel against God, and something happens that we call fall, right? God's good world, God's good design for things falls apart. It breaks to pieces in the rebellion, and things that God made start to stop working. And there's a, here's this really powerful scene. As soon as it all happens, listen to this. 
They heard the sound of the Lord God walk with Adam and Eve. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. They, they sin, they know it, and they, stood, they go and they hide themselves. But the Lord God called to the man and he said to him, where are you? And the man said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. This is a weird question. Roll with it. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I have not commanded you to eat? And the man said, this woman who you gave to be with me, she made me eat it. And then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, this serpent that you made deceived me and made me eat it. I'm going to stop there. What happened? God designed, he, he designed us to be in a relationship. And when Adam and Eve fell, the first thing that happened is they hid from God. The relationship that they were primary made to have, their relationship with God, was broken. And they didn't want him to see them. Because why? He, Adam says he was naked and felt ashamed. He did not want to be seen. And that was the first thing that happened. And then once God finds them, after they've hid from God, what do they start doing? They start blaming each other. Adam says, it's Eve's fault. And Eve says, no, it's not. It's this snake's fault. Uh, which is crazy. So the first thing that happens in sin is that, is that we're separated from God, and then immediately we separate ourselves from each other. Why? Why did Adam and Eve like, hide from God and then start hiding from each other? Because they're ashamed, and they're afraid of what somebody else seeing or being next to them might mean for them. You see, friendship is hard because... While desire for it and a need for it is hardwired into our hearts, so is something else. Sin, which gives us a terrible thing we call shame. Shame is the feeling, if you want to know what shame is, shame is the belief that you will never, ever be enough. The belief that you will never, ever be lovable. Shame is the belief that there is nothing that is lovable about you and you're without hope. And that is what drove Adam and Eve away from God into hiding and away from each other. And we wrestle with this all the time. What makes friendship so hard is at the end of the day, it's the shame we feel. It's the fear to be known. It's the fear to be seen. Um, if you're, uh, I mentioned The Office earlier. Anybody watch The Office in here? Oh, yeah. Yes! Yeah. Good. I'm glad people are still watching it. Oh, yeah. So you've got a lot of different people in the office, right? Uh, you've got like cool Jim and clever Pam, and I would love. I think we would all love to be the cool Jims or the clever Pams. I think we would even settle to be the weird but confident Dwight's or Andy's. But at the end of the day, we're all a bunch of Michaels. Birds. <laughs> y'all sit with that mic drop. Y'all are all Michaels. Uh, what? <laughs> he just won Fall Street. It's better than being a Toby. No, but Michael says this really amazing thing. This is one of the most profound things I've ever heard about friendship. I say that tongue in cheek, but actually, I've been thinking about it all week. Uh, they see this video of Michael when he's a little kid on this TV show. Oh. He gets asked this question, and he goes, Michael, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he says, 
I want to grow up and get married so I can have a hundred kids, so I can have a hundred friends, so no one can say no to being my friend. And everyone's like, <laughs> it's funny because I'm afraid people are going to say no to being my friend. Friendship is hard because we really want it. We're afraid that we're not going to get it because people are going to say no. And I say that we're like, we're, we're similar to Michael in this way, that whether you believe it or not, and hear me like, I remember not being capable to, of believing this at all when I was in high school. Whether you believe it or not, every single person around you wants a hundred friends and is afraid that every single one of them is going to say no to being their friend. For the same reason that Adam wanted to hide in the bushes and he wanted to separate himself from Eve and Eve wanted to separate herself from him. We in our sin, have grown to believe that there's absolutely nothing that can be redeemed about us. That there's like nothing, like at the end of the day, if people knew who I really was, if they really knew, if we moved past that, you know, those two types of friendship, carnal friendship, we hang out, worldly friendship, we were, if we actually moved to spiritual friendship in which we actually knew each other's hearts, like ultimately the people that I love most would have abandoned me. I think that's, that's something that we all feel at some point in our lives. I spend a lot of time with college students, that's what I do, and that, like, every conversation centers on this belief, like, there, there's absolutely nothing that could actually make me lovable. It's amazing how deeply we buy that. And if sin were the end of the story, if, like, the Bible ended with Adam and Eve sending, like, that would kind of be true. But you know what's amazing? Is right after this happens, they sin, Adam and Eve hide, they start blaming each other, relationships are breaking down left and right. You know what God does? He, he, uh, he takes out his godly sewing machine, and he knits some clothes for them. And he puts up an, an angel uh, with a flaming sword guarding the way from the tree of life. You know, if you've ever heard this, like he said, he kicks them out of the garden and he puts this angel up guarding them so that they cannot... Get to the tree of life and what? Eat and live forever. So immediately, as soon as this sin happens and relationships start breaking apart, God's response is not to say, like, tough luck, kids. This is your life now. The first thing he does is he guards the tree of life because if they eat the tree of life, it's going to be this way forever. But God doesn't intend for it to be this way forever. He doesn't intend for them to eat the tree of life now because they would be stuck in this brokenness. Rather, he loves them. He wants to fix their brokenness. Guys, if you hear nothing else this weekend or ever in anything you ever do in church, hear this. Like, Jesus Christ loves you. Even you. He loves you. And he doesn't let broken things remain broken. He doesn't let unfinished things remain unfinished. And so, to all the different things in our life, God gives answers. To sin, he gives us the cross. And to loneliness, God gives us friendship. Friendship is, is God's answer to our loneliness. It's totally hard, but it's very possible to have. And your need for that friendship is probably the best thing about you. So this week we're going to talk about what does this friendship look like? What does friendship look like together? We're going to read a little bit from Ecclesiastes, uh, and we're going to talk about Three things that, that 
true friends do, and how these things are God's answer to our loneliness. And that is, in true friendship, we help each other, we hold each other, uh, or hug each other, and we hope together. And that's what we're going to be talking about through the rest of this weekend. And I hope that this is a time where we can talk about why friendship is hard, we can practice becoming good friends together, and we can be drawn more and more into the God who not only calls us his creatures, but his friends. And that's where we're going this weekend. Let me close the prayer.